Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen. All around the world. Stay tuned. We are taking over your airways. In three, three, two, two, one, one, one. conservative talk show host the left hates Romeo Hill on the Romeo show call him now at 516-666-9806 and it all starts now it's time to crank it up oh and ladies and gentlemen my gosh we got a show for you all today it's gonna be a doozy but first we want to give our best wishes to Jen Pasaki who came down with the China virus or coronavirus, and I know I hardly ever love to say this anymore, but to Hillary Rodden, Rodden, or Rodden, whatever you call her, Clinton, she has the virus. So, yeah, best wishes to both of the ladies. Uh, hope you all stay safe and at least be smart about it and not go near people. And Jen, we definitely will miss a lot of your shenanigans you love to pull. But, hey, get better and come back soon. But, anyway, we got to talk about this Russian stuff. Oh, I know. I know. A lot of the liberals are going to say, it's the Russian collision again. <laughs> well, we got to do it now. Because right now, we would like to welcome to all of our listeners at Blog Talk Radio and same day reply and Google Chaser. And if you want to call in, call in at 516-666-9806. And we will be glad to take your calls. But again, we really want to thank Blog Talk, Acast, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and tune in to Player FM. And I think we have the best show for you today. So last week we talked about this whole Putin and Ukraine war thing. Well, it got worse for Putin because now another foreign country that is Middle Eastern, should we say, made a big announcement warning Putin if he does anything, we will get involved. Oh, boy. Yes, that that is a big no-no for Putin because he doesn't want anyone else involved, but Putin's making everyone get involved. So if you haven't listened to my YouTube channel, go to Romeo Hill Shameless Plug. And I talk a little bit about it, but kind of discuss it here too. So Putin will supposedly have no other option but to create a treaty to stop this war because America has their fingers waiting to press the button. Every other country has their supposed finger on the button waiting. And if Putin does do anything drastic, shall we say, then, yeah, Putin just will be putting his pants if you catch my drift. (laughs) And yes, If you already have not, pack a lip, pack a dip, and take a trip, as Scott would say with me, because we're going to have a heck of a good show today. But going back, here's what I'm I'm catching on this. Putin is the kind of guy where they will have to either vote with their legislation in Russia with confidence or no confidence after this is over. So if Putin supposedly keeps going with the way he's going, they would vote 100% no confidence, taking Putin out of the equation and possibly trying him for war crimes and mass murder of a country that didn't even start the war. But they know that 
Putin's going to definitely have to take note of this now because when when Putin decides that if he wants to press the nuclear button, then Putin will now be considered the biggest war criminal of this 21st century. Pretty bad, right? Well, it gets worse, folks. Putin also made a little stench kind of towards other countries, not really happy with them because, again, Russia has their oil. And we know now other countries are not doing any business with Russia. They're not allowing Russia, um, I guess you could say, Olympic people that are in the uh, sports, Olympic sports, to be part of that anymore. And Russia's economy is going to go downhill. So when Russia's economy goes downhill, there's nothing Russia could do. Russia's going to be screwed, ultimately. So it would be in the best interest if Putin did create a treaty stopping the war, because if he doesn't, it could also get worse for the United Kingdom as the Daily Mail in the UK ran a story about 12 hours ago. They warned that online banking in the UK and the gas station pumps there could drive nowhere near as bad in America. But this English new paper is now calling this a Saudi Russian gas price war. Hmm. I wonder. I wonder if my wonder to this is if Putin doesn't do this, what could happen? Well, like I just told you guys, Putin's economy in Russia is going to dry up worse than the Arizona desert. It's going to be bad. But Biden has made a trip to some other NATO states or NATO countries, should I say, and was also invited by, I think, the president of Ukraine, but he did not attend Ukraine because of, A, the war, and B, because Ukraine is not a NATO state, but went to other NATO states and made some kind of talky-talk about how they were going to deal with this situation. I think that put a lot of pressure on Putin, and it made Putin kind of realize that if this is not stopped, then other countries could get involved and it could intensify and worsen the whole situation. Now, does that mean that Putin will possibly do it or possibly listen? Eh, We don't know. It might make Putin start to realize that this being the biggest amount of pressure is against him definitely would make him kind of think and reconsider a little bit on what should we do. But going back to what I kind of said, I think there is a point in time where when this is over, there might possibly be a little civil war brewing inside Russia. And this little civil war is to either get Putin out of office and try him possibly for the war crimes he has committed and a lot of what he has done. And either if they do happen to take him out of office, what would happen? So my guess, and just my theory, would be, number one, Russia may become democratic, but not high socialist leaning left. Not right, but left. Really left. Or they might still be a little bit socialist, but not as high socialist as what Putin was. And once that happens, it's just bad. And just two hours ago, R-E-U-T-E-R-S ran a story telling that President Biden's upcoming trip to European, which Raggedy Ann or Jan Psaki can't attend because she's sick, This presidential visit is anticipated to highlight future sanctions against Russia. Now, 
I I I know that uh, a lot of people are going to be surprised because Biden is serious. Although that sounds funny, I guess he is. I don't know, but we got to give some credit here to Biden. I know you guys are going to hate me for this, but a lot of these sanctions, I think that Biden might have put against Russia, might have just saved Ukraine's butt from being nuked. And again, because Russia knows that if they happen to use the nuclear button, then it would be more disastrous and worse than ever before. And that being said, we do have to kind of give a little bit of credit to Biden. I I know, I know, I know, I know. I know, my friends, I know it sucks. But we got to give credit to Biden because he might have just saved Ukraine from being nuked. But I want to get my friend um, Scott Helm in here and see what you think. Scott, what do you think about this? Well, it's it's kind of funny. Uh, I mean, I shouldn't say funny, but anything Biden does is kind of funny. But it's like, you know, you can watch the old Mission Impossible things, uh, episodes on Pluto TV and Paramount Plus, and it's like they've, you know, they've already got people, I wouldn't be surprised, in Russia pulling some strings, and it's, you know, it's, I think it's going to be amazing, like you're saying, and we were talking earlier off air about this, people, I mean, I never thought I'd say this, but people of the earth might have just been saved by President Biden from a nuclear um, escalated conflict. God, I can't even. I know. And, and you know, Scott, it's really hard because I, I hate to say this, but as stupid as we think Biden is, they're, I guess we, we got to give credit where credit's due. There is possibly a little hope in Biden's brain. <laughs> not much. Maybe not much, but maybe a sliver or a dust particle of hope. Well, it's like the, mo- the movie Hunt for Red October where Alec Baldwin played that analyst uh, who actually went to the field. They've got tons of people in the Foreign Service who are supposedly just secretaries and things like that. They're undercover agents, and they're feeding intel and everything like that to Biden. And it's like, I, I bet, okay, tell me what you think of this. And maybe your callers, when they, if they're listening live, if they give us a call at 516-666-9806, they'll want to jump in on this. But I think Jen Psaki had a nervous breakdown because this, this, I mean, can you imagine her job trying to convey all this stuff and keep Biden uh, reined in and uh, Kamala, oh God you know, her and everybody else in government from on the same page, she's probably one of the last few sane people around. But it's, you know, you've got people like that and like the old Mission Impossible and so on actively involved in things. We don't even know the tip, the tip of the iceberg. We're tier three journalists. You know, we're the quote-unquote bottom feeders. I doubt if even the tier ones. I doubt if even the all-important CNN I doubt they even know half of what's going on either. And, you know, a lot of journalists are still kind of questioning a lot of Putin and Biden's moves and their every movement that they are trying to develop or think of doing. And it's hard because it's like a chess game. It's almost not even a chess game. It's like a cat and mouse game between everybody. And everybody wants to jump in and figure it out, the highest scoop that they possibly can. But when it comes down to it, we don't even need to know what Biden's doing because Biden right now is not the biggest threat. It's Russia. So we should be more concerned with, like you said, uh, the the Saudi Arabia or Saudi Russian gas price war right now is commencing. A lot of countries don't realize that this could really hurt 
not just the United States, but Canada and other countries that rely on these foreign source of abilities to make gas or have oil or and whatnot, it's really going to be kind of a nail-biter for everyone because we already got high gas prices. So think about what it's going to be like in Russia. Right now in Russia, they're becoming drier than the Arizona, New Mexico desert. It, it's bad. Well, here's something I, else. I don't know. Uh, from tradingeconomics.com. Uh, get this. The Okay, for the price for crude oil, it's gone up over 17% in one month. This year, it's gone up over 77%. I mean, that is really, really bad. Heating oil, it won't hit us now, but it'll hit some cold, uh, colder states in several months, has gone up in the last year over 108%. Propane. Ouch. Yeah, propane. Some of our friends in the southeast who don't have uh, furnaces like they do in the Northeast, but yet, uh, and they don't have direct gas connections. Propane's gone up over 56%. Oh, and not surprising because, again, like you said, this this war basically put everyone at a very disadvantage. It's a, dis, it's a very freaking bad disposition. And the, oh, yeah. The freak, the freak of nature of it is, will Putin settle down for three minutes and stop running around like a crazed maniac that he is and actually do something right, not only for his country, but for everyone else's sake? Because this, not only, like I said, will just screw Russia, it will take everyone else and everyone else will get deemed from it. So I don't see how this is going to be any better for Russia yeah. thing, if they keep yeah. going. And then you had Russia, your video they, earlier. Say that again? Well, you had, I saw some of your video today. You were talking about this and a lot of other points. And the points I made were kind of like what you were saying off camera or off air, but in a way it makes so much sense because – it's like a chess game. Putin mm-hmm. wants to cheat, but in in other ways, the only way to win is by winning either by fair and strategic maneuvers, being able to make the right moves, and being able to comprehend the fact that if you play and you cheat, you could ding yourself out of the game. And right now, Russia's getting deemed hard for it, getting hit hard for it. And I'm sure a lot of the Russian people, and we would love to hear from anyone from Russia, tell us how they feel about it. I I know that they probably can't really speak a lot against Putin at the matter of hand, but we'd love to hear how you feel about it. Because the people of not only America feel bad for the Russian people, but we feel bad for the Ukrainians because the way that they got hit, both of these two countries, I mean, war is hell. Sorry to say it, it's hell. It's not going to be easy for both countries to rebuild, but it will take time. But if Russia decides, hey, let's call a truce, let's end it, they could possibly be able to salvage whatever they have left and fix it. And the same with Ukraine. Well, you Am know, I right worse, or wrong? Scott? You're right. But also, Biden is doing a good and a bad thing. He has, we've got what they call strategic oil reserve, and he's authorizing the use of those in the United States. But I mean, how long can those last? And then, even if that lessens the price people pay at the gas pumps just a little bit, it's going to shoot way back up again once we run out of those or once Biden says, oh, no more. I, I think I mean, that it's going to hurt. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, no gravy train lasts forever. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to stick your video, what's going on with the war on the uh, right wing, by the way. 
I mean, you've said it perfect. Nobody can ride the gravy sharing forever. The oil reserves can only suffice for so long, and then they're out. A few months, maybe. So, probably, maybe, less than. Mm. Depending on how much they use and if they don't put a limit to it. That's the other thing, too, is there might have to be a limit, a kind of a tapping point where... Okay, everybody gets a certain amount, and then that's it. Because we know that not only Russia is part of the oil gravy train, but Saudi Arabia is. And we don't know if Saudi Arabia is going to be nice to us or not. So we can only estimate how much we have, and for how much ever we have, once that's out, um, it's like a beer tab or a beer keg. Once it's ran dry, it's out. There's no more. And people might start panicking and start flipping lids and frantically running around trying to buy as much gas and oil as they can just to try to survive. And at that point, once it gets down, and if it ever gets down to that point, I'm going to bet that it will become a very, very, very brutal war of trying to get to another country or finding a way to deal, make deals with the devil, if you will, and be able to get more oil and be able to get more things that people need. And you can only make a certain amount of deals with the devil until you have to pay your dues. And Russia's already made the deal with the devil, and now they're going to have to pay their dues. So it will soon come down to how much until enough's enough. What do you the, what do you feel on that? Well, the thing that's worse, I mean, I uh, by the way, next week I celebrate my 61st birthday. Yay, yay me! But I've happy I've birthday, gone, old man. Thank you so much. Uh, at least I, I let's see. I won't. I definitely will not call you Young Turk, but uh, you, you don't like those shows. I'll just call you uh, as uh, maybe your sig- lady significant other might say, Young Stud. But uh, that's between you and her more ways than one, perhaps. But anyway, um, but uh, I've lived through these type of shortages and price manipulations and so on, and the government can't provide an easy and continuing gravy train all the time. It only lasts for a while, and when it does, human behavior kicks in, and it ain't pretty. Mm-mm. But, you know, it's it's going to be something that a lot of people don't want to have happen, but it's bound to happen. I, I mean, other countries can play nice, they can make deals and and be able to work and coexist with each other. But unfortunately we know Russia is not one of them. Now, to a lot of our Russian listeners, we're not talking about the people. We're talking about your president Putin. We know that Putin and we gotta make this clear, Putin has a lot of power under his thumb. So Putin might bite his time. This could be a time biter that Putin's doing in order to see how long he can prolong this war, knowing that Ukraine may or may not be able to suffice for more than the amount of time that already has passed, and then Russia could finish. We don't know. But I feel like that is another thing that Putin might be playing around with. He might be trying to work on finding a way to go around the back door. And I know that just sounded so wrong, but it it sounded so right, though, in my head. But trying to find another way towards the back door so that when Putin says, okay, we have been here for so and so amount of time, guess what? Ukraine is starting to weaken because they're tired, they're exhausted, they're hungry. You know, they're, they've been at it for so amount of time. 
we can have the advantage now. That might be another thing that Putin might be playing with. I don't know. But, I mean, Putin's, what, 60-something years old, I I guess? Yeah. So, He's a little older than me. Okay, so when you get older, and I'm sorry to say yeah, that, a lot man, older. but... It's 69. Yeah, 69. Okay, when you get older, your brain starts not going very well. It's We can already see it from lighting. It's not going to comprehend very much. You start losing a lot more than just your good luck. So you lose the ability to think rationally sometimes, not all the time, but some older people start losing the rational ability. Dementia might kick in, memory loss. Just a lot of these things start happening. Putin's, like you said, a little bit 69. Well, that sounds like, never mind. Anyway, that is, that is something that a lot of people do have to kind of consider, is that Putin is possibly losing it from well, old age. Is, he's getting seen Biden out. 79, 10 years older. And, you he's, know. and he's senile. Look at him. He's mm. senile as heck. He has trouble. So, well, I mean, luckily you're not there yet. But it's going to happen. I mean, it happens to the best of us. Putin is not, I don't think, able to rationally make a decision rationally without putting his emotions involved in it. And Putin has been emotionally involved in this. And at some point, either, you know, the dam's going to have to break at some point. You, it's like the the movie the China Syndrome, mm-hmm. when they had the same welds on every reactor thing. Oh yeah, they they they, they, had, they tried to hide that even from Jack Lemmon's character as one of the plant main engineers. Yeah, they tried to hide it because they were, knew they were guilty, and it could, knew it could make things weak. I think, and I really don't like to put movies into the reality of it, but this almost seems like the China Syndrome movie. Mm. Putin's trying to hide what he's doing. He's oh. trying to make himself out to be the good guy. Oh. And when he signs this, and if he does sign this treaty, he's going to try to say that he won economically. Well, he didn't win economically, because economically, we know that because the stuff he's doing, the NASDAQ has gone up and down and has been down since a lot since this war started and I don't know right now at this point if it's starting to climb back to normal or not but a lot of businesses are starting to tank out. Oh, that I can actually give you. Uh, Right now, uh, NASDAQ which is the American Multinational Financial Service Corporation that owns and operates three stock exchanges in the United States. Uh, Right now, their composite stock price is down uh, 0.13, which is about 0.07%. And Mm -hmm. let me see, you were wanting the market activity, and I'll get you that. The composite trend right now... Here we go. Uh, Over the last, and this is really weird because this is kind of typical of when there's a war, you get what's called a mediocre rise. You know, that's about Mm -hmm. a percentage, Uh, but not tremendous. You don't have tons of losses yet until you have tons of, but just think because of this war, stocks are not going as well as they could and people are losing potential earnings and potential money. So I feel bad for all the wealthy people who are in stocks. I'd say, don't, by the way, I'm not a stock analyst or anything like that, but I'd say, talk to your stock analyst. Maybe it's time to dump some stocks that are underperforming or, or talk to your analyst, your stock analyst and see if you need to hold on just a little longer till uh, Biden, cra- I mean, uh, Putin cracks. Well, one, one of those old guys, older than me. Somebody will. Yeah, I'll stay sane. Um, I, 
I was hoping that would be good. But we also have a special treat for you guys. Not only are we going to talk politics, but I want to bring somebody that is a dear, close friend of mine. And this kind of hits home with me because I know a lot of people with dispositions, like especially right now in this time of war that we are going through, people are just going chaotic. And I want to bring in something really more serious. And she's going to, I'm going to interview her and talk to her. Would that be okay, Scott? Scott? I've got her patched in right now. We're going to interview Mindy. Now, Mindy, hi, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. How are you doing, Mindy? Uh, <laughs> I've, I've, I've had a better day, but I'm, I'm doing That's good. That's good. I'm happy to hear, and I hope you get better. Now, Mindy, you were telling me that you have been in a wheelchair. How long have you been wheelchair-bound, if I may ask, or been in that wheelchair? Um, I've been paralyzed my, my whole life. I was born that way. I got my actual first wheelchair when I was five years old. Was it electric or was it just like a normal wheelchair where you had to it, use your hands? It was it was just a, a regular manual wheelchair. Manual? Yeah. Okay. I, I just pushed myself around for, oh, the better part of 30 years I had a manual. Well, and that's good. Now, Mindy... Because we got 24 minutes until the end of the show, let, let's let get down to the nitty-gritty. What could you tell people if somebody or anybody out here of our listeners are in the same situation that you are in, being in a wheelchair, what, what would you – what kind of advice would you give them to comfort them? Uh, well, the biggest thing is, you know, don't – don't give up. Don't let your situation define who you are. Don't and don't listen to other people. You know, there's going to be lots of people in the world that are going to be like, "Well, you're in a wheelchair. You're disabled. You're this. You're that. You can't do certain things." Mm-hmm. Don't don't let people talk to you. Um, like for me, for instance, I was born. I was born this way. I was raised to not let anybody tell me that I cannot do something. My philosophy is, okay, you're going to tell me I can't sit down in that chair right there and watch because I'm going to prove you're wrong. It may not be the exact yeah. same way that, you know, for instance, you would do it, but it will. I will get the job done. So, you know, don't get discouraged. Yeah, I get discouraged sometimes, too, because things are tough. Don't mm-hmm. don't <laughs> give up and don't, you know, don't be negative all the time. There's, there's positives in everything. Make the best of what and, you've got. And it sounds like you are very optimistic about your situation. You're not really... Using it as an excuse, you're you're more using it as you've learned to adapt and adjust yourself. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but it definitely sounds like you've adjusted yourself to being able to pick yourself up and say, you know what, I disagree with anyone that tells me I can't do something. And that does. I gotta ask, does that take mental training, or is it just you start learning it by being in that position. A little of both. Um, I, you know, this is this is the hand that I was dealt. So I don't have a choice. This is my normal. This is my world. I have to figure out how, not necessarily for me to adapt to the world, but make the world adapt to me, to fit my needs and yeah. make it to where things are accessible. Um, There there is always going to be negative thrown in my face. There's always going to be roadblocks. I've been, like my parents would tell you, I have been knocking down roadblocks my whole entire life. Every time a doctor or anybody says, well, she's not going to do this and this and this and this and this because of this, 
want to bet. I was supposed Good for to be you. gone by the, before the age of three. I'll be 46. Good for you. Wow. And, that was, and Mindy, we got to commend you for this. And I'm sorry that it it's just, I have never been put in that position, but I got to commend you for your courage, your bravery. And you've told me before that you've had a lot of bad stuff happen, which we will not repeat on air. But you have gone through a lot in your life. It shows in strength and numbers that you are able to take all the bad things and say, you know, I'm not going to let that bug me. I'm not going to let that infuriate me. I'm going to have the, I guess you could say, cojones to be able to stand and me against the world and everyone who doubts me, I'm going to prove them wrong. I commend you for that, Mindy. That is applaudable. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It it does take a lot of mental and emotional strength sometimes to deal with things that happen in in life and, you know, to deal with what I so eloquently call stupid people. Mm-hmm. People that have their opinions and their attitudes. And, you know, just because I'm in a wheelchair doesn't mean in my opinion, lesser of a human being than anybody else. Just because my legs don't work doesn't mean my brain doesn't. You know, yeah. I'm 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 just as much of a human being as anybody else. I get yeah. told otherwise at times, and there are people that you know that are the the difference that I see is <laughs> I was born this way. There are people that have accidents halfway through their life, and they get on this big old pity party, basically, of feel sorry for me. How am I going to get through this? I don't think I can survive this. And those kind of people are the ones that irritate me. Yeah, and I can imagine that. Here's a question, and maybe some of my viewers would definitely kind of like to know. Do you feel like people who walk treat you a little bit differently than the the people like them that are able to walk, or do you feel like there's nothing, there's no difference? Some people that treat treat me differently. There are some people that are what I call able-bodied, that they they look at me, they don't see the chair. They don't see the disability. They just see a person. And, wow. you know, those are the kind of people I try to surround myself with because the people that automatically the first thing they look at and they see is the chair, they automatically judge and think, well, okay, she's in a wheelchair, so she she can't do this, she can't do that, so what's the point of being around her and, you know, what's the point of trying to be her friend because she's not like us, she's different. I, mm-hmm. I, I've been labeled an outsider. I've been labeled as different. So there are people out there who mistakenly believe you can't think or worse. Oh, worse. They think I, they think just because I had literally people tell me that just because I'm in a wheelchair, that means that I'm not smart. I, you know, I can't use my brain. I should be locked away in a, institution somewhere and forgotten about because I'm not worth anything because I'm not like everybody else. I can't get up and walk. And you've told me before that you have gone through a lot. What, what made you not, I mean, a lot of people, what is that big boy word? Oh yeah. Marginalized people. Would, would you agree that a lot of people marginalized you? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've had people try to put me in this little, you know, put me in a little box, in a little category box, and be like, well, okay, she's just like everybody else that's in a wheelchair or has this disability. No. Or could we say, or even unexpected things from you, maybe? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, Under I expected Oh, I'm underestimated a lot. People mm-hmm. underestimate me a lot. 
And how they, do you take they, that? They, how do you, how do I defeat? How do I defeat? I yeah. I prove people wrong every single day, whether I'm trying or not. Um, just for instance, there there are a lot of people that are in dis that had disabilities <laughs> that they sit at home or in their houses in their hospitals or nursing homes, wherever they live, and they don't do anything with their lives. They sit around and they just basically wither away to nothing because they think they're disabled. They cannot be a part of society. I That, that mentality drives me bonkers. I, I, I could imagine, yeah. I have a part-time job. Granted, it's not the best job in the world, but I I go to work when I can. It gets me out of the house, me around people. It shows people <laughs> that I'm not lazy. I don't want to live off of the government. I want to be a contributing part of society and show people that just because I sit down all the time mm-hmm. doesn't mean that I shouldn't be accepted. Yeah, true. Now, I I hate to ask you this and not to ask you to wallow in it, but how do you how do these negative experience and people again, using the big boy organic word here, marginalize you? How do those experiences make you on the inside? It used to hurt a lot. Sometimes certain things still do hurt. Words hurt. I don't care what anybody says. Words hurt. I agree. But at the same time, I remember the words of my father stuck in my brain. And I had this, I I get this mentality that, you know, I am the way I am. And if people can't accept that and don't like that, there's the door, but but I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't want it. If you cannot accept me for who and what I am, my Felicia. <laughs> well, and your your parents taught you very well, it seems, because from what I'm hearing, not only do you have strength, yes, some words still hurt you, but you've learned to not think of it and take it so personal now on a level where it's going to be kind of a sword in your heart, if you will, but you mm-hmm. it seems to me that you've learned it so well. How how long did it take you to adapt these skills, if I may ask? Um, I was probably in my late when I finally started getting to a point where I could just take somebody's negative words and, you know, brush them off of my shoulder. And instead of letting them sting and hurt, if somebody told me to my face, you can't do that, normally that would hurt. That would make me angry. That would make me sad. Now, I take it as a challenge. So you learn to adapt. Yes. Like I said, I still have my days where words hurt and people's attitudes hurt. They don't make me sad anymore. They don't make me really doubt myself a whole lot anymore. Now it just makes me angry at how ignorant people still are. And I want to educate people and teach people and show people how wrong they are. And do you have like, have you thought about maybe possibly doing like a YouTube channel kind of talking about these things, being able to use these experiences that you have gone through in your life personally, mentally, emotionally, and physically in every which way and put it out there and help people like this? Because I, I know somebody, and I will not mention his name on air. You and I both know who he is. He is mm-hmm. in a wheelchair as well. Mm-hmm. Have you thought about doing something like what he does being a YouTuber and talking about this, or or has it not kind of really piqued your curiosity or interest? I've I've thought about it, and I've you're not the first person to 
suggest it. Um, I've had people tell me that I need to write my life story down on paper and write a book. Um, I, I've had family members tell me that there's bits and pieces of my life story that where it may not be seem special or spectacular to me, it might help somebody else. I've thought about it, but believe it or not, and this may make you chuckle, I'm kind of shy when it came when it comes to things like that. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't I wouldn't even know how to start. Well, but it, the thought has I mean, crossed my mind. Have you talked to maybe other YouTubers? And we got seven minutes, Mindy, till the show ends here. But um, this kind of may be my suggestion for you. Talk to other YouTubers like Scott. Of course, Scott, he may be the quirkiest and dorkiest nut job (laughs) YouTuber, but he's very good at what he does. But have you talked to other YouTubers out there? And not bragging about myself, but... Like other YouTubers besides me that could possibly start you on the path? Not yet, no. Have you there there are a lot of YouTubers out there that can help you. You should I mean talk to Scott or other people like the guy that we were talking about, again, remaining nameless, who is in a wheelchair, who does YouTube videos. They could help you. Like I said, I, it's I it, think it, 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 been a thought that's crossed my mind lately. I think you should, Mindy. I think it would be very positive and very uplifting for people who may be in the same position as you, but also it gives them hope because giving them hope will lift their spirits up and know that, hey, there's other people like me out here uh, Scott's my okay tasking and doing some research for me, but I just text he just takes me and said he would be glad to help you. But people out there would love to hear you because you can give them hope and let them know there are other people out here like me that are struggling, but they bypass all the negativity, negativity and the underestimation and the marginalizing, and they made it this far and I can do the same. And that's that that's always been my goal is to help other people because I've I've seen other people that are a lot worse off than me. I consider myself very, very lucky mm-hmm. for and the lack of issues that I have. I, I could I could be in a lot worse shape and I thank God every day that I'm not but Well and by the way uh, were were there any public organizations that helped you that we should give a shout out to? Um, I've I've always worked with the um, the Shriners, the Shriners organization, um, and they're all across the country. And uh, specifically, um, the Spina Bifida Association of of America. Because that is well, the association to, that deals with my disability. Well, shout out to those people for helping Mindy. And I'll ask Scott to see about some public service announcement for them. But shout out to them <coughs> for doing a spectacular job on helping people like you and not just adults, but kids as well. Oh, yes. There are a lot of people out there, Mindy, that you could reach out there and touch their hearts and maybe not touch them in any other way but their hearts, but at least give them not a crying sob story. By That's what I mean by not any other way, by not giving them the chance to cry about it, but just telling them and looking them straight in the eye and saying, look, it's okay. You can do this. And we got three minutes till the show ends, by the way. But, Mindy, I do want to ask you, though, before our show ends, what what transpired you to become so public about this? What what became, what made you want to become public about this? Uh, I don't really know, really. It, it's just, 
you know, I get tired of the stigmas and all of the crap talk that I hear about people like me. You know, you you see people with disabilities getting put down every single day mm-hmm. and getting den- denied services and denied jobs and I, discrimination is a big word and I don't like using that card. I hate that word. I hate that card. But it happens a lot wrong. It is. I just I I want people to know that there are <laughs> ways around it. There are ways to fight it. There are ways to get through any situation that you're dealing with. Yeah. Well, Mindy, we got two minutes left, but you are being very, very brave talking to us about this, and we thank you for this. But we hope that next time on the Romeo Show you can join us maybe, and we can go deeper, dive deeper into how you're doing and some updates on you and just kind of know more about the situation at hand because – we here at rightwindmedia.net do want to remind everyone that no matter who you are or what your disposition is, you are always loved. And we are looking forward to perhaps seeing you on YouTube channel in your name and with your purpose. And since we only have one minute, Mindy, we are going to end the show. Is there any final thoughts that you have out there for people? in your position or that are possibly in that are in wheelchair just don't give up don't get don't let life drag you down in the mud pick yourself up by the bootstraps start over it'll be okay eventually might not be immediate but eventually it's going to be okay well amen and i agree and we thank you mindy and again we're really excited to hopefully see you doing on YouTube channel and maybe do an interview with me on one of my YouTube channel videos. But I'm sorry, folks. We really do have to go. I I know it. Sorrow. Parton is such a sweet sorrow, as Gene Wilder would say. So goodbye. Au revoir. Farewell. Guten tight and Good Mugen, and we will see y'all. I, I'm going to take Scott's thunder here because I'm organic like this. I will see you all, y'all, later. Ciao. Mm-hmm.